Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 880. Well, latest news on the attacks against targets, including civilian targets in Ukraine, continues to be disturbing, of course, and our thoughts remain with the brave men and women of that great country. Tough time for birds again lately, this time with a resurgence of avian flu, mostly involving domestic chickens and turkeys, many thousands of which have been destroyed as a result. But the virus also has spread to some 40 species of wild birds, in a number of states across the country, majority of those so far waterfowl, although raptors and scavenging species like gulls and vultures and bald eagle are also known to have been affected. The good news is that except for one instance involving someone who raises birds in the UK, there haven't been any reports, as far as we know, of humans being affected. As for whether we should take down our bird feeders temporarily, the advice seems to be mixed since most, although not all, cases have involved species that don't come to feeders. In her blog, our friend Laura Erickson says she's taking down her tray feeders, but continuing to use suet feeders and to scatter seed on the ground, and says she'll put out her hummingbird feeders unless she learns of hummingbirds contracting the virus. Certainly uh, another reason to call for Remembering to clean and disinfect feeders on a regular basis. And uh, might be a good idea to check with your nearby Audubon chapter or nature center to just see what advice might apply to your local area. What else is causing trouble for birds? Well, climate change, for one thing. Some birds, according to a new study by climate researchers at the Field Museum in Chicago, birds are building their nests and laying their eggs earlier and earlier each year. As global temperatures rise, the researchers found that birds, including blue jays, yellow warblers, and field sparrows, are laying their eggs an average of 25 days sooner than they did a century ago. And they point out that these kinds of behavior changes can have big implications for species in terms of things like food sources, reproductive success, and some general survival. Here's some happier news. We have a new listener-supplied audio postcard. It's a short and sweet one from Louisa Evers, who's watching and listening to some small birds and some very large ones up in western Idaho. Take it away, Louisa. Louisa Evers? Could, could we start that again, maybe? Yeah, let's start that again. Hi, this is Louisa Evers. I'm at the Montour Wildlife Management Area. Beautiful sunny day. In the distance you can hear sandhill cranes. As well as song sparrows. So enjoy this sound. 
Thank you, Louisa. Yeah, we're very Northwest-oriented today, as we'll find out again uh, very shortly. Meanwhile... That would be the sound of our mystery bird. This is our mystery bird contest preview. Our mystery bird is a medium to large size water bird with a black back and cap, white underparts, very short red legs, and long pointed wings. Our bird breeds along the U.S. Atlantic and Gulf coasts from southern New England to Florida and Texas and winters from California and the mid-Atlantic states to Central and South America. It has a long and very specialized red and black bill that allows it to scoop up fish as it flies along just above the water's surface. Has a pretty strong clue there. Preview of our mystery bird contest coming along in just a bit. Beautiful prizes await, including a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and a month's supply of Mary's Gone Crackers supersede crackers. Those are our prizes. We have a bonus prize, too, if we get to our bonus question, if we have time for that this morning. Saluting the royalty of the Talking Birds listener audience, our Talking Birds ambassadors, who help us spread the word about birds and conservation, handing out our little info cards to friends and neighbors, and thank you to Ed Bilecki, from, speaking of neighbors, Kingston, Massachusetts, just down the road from us here. And uh, thank you so much, Ed. He says we're really enjoying our year-round bunch of bluebirds. Keep putting out the mealworms for them. Way to go, Ed. And thank you to Lucas Timmer from Holland, Michigan. Thank you, Lucas, for the kind comments uh, about the show. He says, I've already shared your show with other birders, so I think it only makes sense for me to be an ambassador and encourage other birders to check out your show, and he says, I hope to sometime visit your beautiful state and stop by to see Mike O'Connor at his store, the Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. Uh, Lucas, that'll be an experience. No one ever forgets a visit to Mike's store, and thank you for joining our Ambassadors program. Easy to do, just go to the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com to sign up. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk with a couple of world-traveling birders and podcasters from Oregon. Hannah Buschert and Eric Ostrander will be with us to talk about some of their really amazing birding adventures that benefit birds in the process. Also, speaking of Bird Watchers General Store, Mike O'Connor will be here with us to offer some good hummingbird talk in an almost live from the archive installment of Let's Ask Mike. Coming up next here, it's a hard-to-see and hard-to-find mystery bird, not a mystery bird, it's our featured feathered friend. It's presented by Birdwatching Magazine for more than a quarter century. Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. That music is from the film Finding Forrester, starring the late Sean Connery. In one of the movie's scenes, Connery's character videotapes a bird from an apartment window, proclaiming that it is an adult male Connecticut warbler. He then shows the image of the bird on his camcorder, but what we see is not a Connecticut warbler, it's an adult male yellow warbler, which is not a look-alike at all. The male yellow warbler is almost all yellow, with faint chestnut streaking on its chest. 
The Connecticut does have yellow coloring on the belly and undertail area, but it's best recognized by a gray hood, throat, and chest and a very distinct white eye ring, along with an olive gray-green back and wings. Our friend Marge Rines says she was mortified when she saw this mistake in the movie, especially since she'd worked as a consultant for the film, advising them as to which birds might be observed in certain New York areas. Well, you just can't trust those Hollywood folks. But then again, the naming of the Connecticut warbler is off the mark, too, since the bird doesn't nest in Connecticut and isn't even a common migrant there. That state just happened to be the place where the first specimen was collected. The bird actually breeds mostly in Canada and in the northernmost upper Midwestern U.S. states. The Connecticut warbler feeds in a variety of woodland habitats on insects and sometimes fruit. And even though it's often found just above or at ground level, it's hard to spot as it skulks in dense bushes. In spring breeding season, look for the Connecticut warbler's open-cupped nest on or near the ground or at the base of a shrub if you're in the bird's nesting territory, well north of the nutmeg state. Oh, one thing in that movie that our friend Marge says she was happy about, they didn't list her in the credits. It's Oporornis agilis, the Connecticut warbler. Today's Talking Birds featured Feather Trend. Yeah, music from the movie there and one of the worst Sean Connery impressions you probably would ever hear. Thanks again for being with us on our show number 880. Just a reminder about that website of ours with no G in there, TalkingBirds.com. Hannah Bushert and Eric Ostrander are husband and wife passionate birders who love to travel the world and explore everywhere. They're also the hosts of the Hannah and Eric Go Birding podcast. And they're joining us right now from sunny Cannon Beach, Oregon, to tell us a bit about their adventures and outreach. Good morning, Hannah and Eric. Good morning, Ray. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks. Great great to have you. I know you're excited about the sunshine out there. You get a lot of uh, cloudy weather these days, right? We do get a lot of cloudy weather. One of the things that the Pacific Northwest is known for. <laughs> All right, among other good things. So when we hear the phrase flock to Marion, it sounds like maybe a couple of folks talking back and forth in code. Hello, Marion, this is flock. Come in, please. But it's something entirely different. I want to ask you about that. This is something that you have experienced, and it sounds pretty amazing. Tell us about flock to Marion. So Flock to Marion was a cruise that BirdLife South Africa recently did um, down to the Southern Ocean to go see the Marion Islands, which are just uh, in between almost from South Africa and Antarctica. Mm -hmm. And it was an opportunity to go see some incredible seabirds that most people will never get a chance to see. Mm -hmm. And so we saw this opportunity on Facebook and just couldn't pass it up to go. Mm -hmm. I can I could imagine. So BirdLife South Africa for... Folks in the in the U.S., is there a comparable organization? Is it like uh, Audubon or uh, Cornell Lab? How would you describe BirdLife South Africa? So um, BirdLife um, International and BirdLife South Africa, they are um, advocacy programs that um, in, in the States, um, typically the ABA and Audubon kind of together fill that role with two entities mm-hmm. rather than uh, just a single group um, like BirdLife does. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So this cruise that you took, there was a very special uh, aim for this particular uh, flock to marry, and I'll ask you about that in a minute. But when we picture somebody going on a cruise and a birding cruise like this, we probably think of a fairly small boat with, I don't know, 30 or 40 passengers. This was quite different from that, right? This was. It was on an MSC cruise ship, so it was a full-size cruise ship, and it had about 1,500 participants on it. They were all birders, and they were up at the crack of dawn and went to bed right around sunset, so they get, <laughs> they'd be able to get up and go birding in the morning. Mm-hmm. Nice. So the aims of the voyage, as I understand it, are to raise awareness about seabirds and create an opportunity for birders to see seabirds they wouldn't usually see on traditional uh, pelagic birding trips and also to raise funds uh, for a very special project this is the mouse free marion project tell us about that yeah so the mouse free marion project is a project aimed at um, eradicating the house mice that have uh, established themselves on marion island Uh, down in the southern ocean there's uh, millions of mice that uh, just a a handful were introduced and they've reproduced to the point where now they're becoming a real danger to the the seabirds that are nesting on there so um, the whole project is aimed at eradicating them using uh, a rodenticide um, to get rid of all the mice and with with the least amount of bycatch possible so that was the whole the whole project was fundraising for that uh for that uh, endeavor. Okay, so you mentioned rodenticide, and as I understand it, that's uh, maybe the only thing that maybe works in a project like this. There are other places where they've done this on other islands. Rodenticide's very controversial in terms of their effect on raptors and other birds and creatures, but uh, it makes sense in this case. Yeah, so rodenticides, there's a time time and a place to be able to use um, something like a rodenticide. Um, I, I personally would, would never use one around my house um, just because of the bycatch of other stuff, um, uh, owls and hawks coming mm-hmm. in and getting getting the, um, the recently passed away uh, mice. But uh, here, here on this island, there are no other mammals that live on this island. Mm-hmm. And there's also... Um, besides sea lions. Besides sea lions, that's true. And sea lions aren't going after the, the mice. Um, but anything that's living on the island in in general is not eating any any of the mice and they're not interested in that so this is this is one of those rare instances that using a rodenticide is going to um be very effective but have the least amount of bycatch um um, projected Mm -hmm. there's more information on this on your website right about uh, there is, Lock and Marion. also the Mouse Free Marion website. And the Mouse Free Marion. Okay, and we'll give your website, too, again at the end of our uh, chat here. I want to ask you about another amazing trip, and this is also a fundraiser, as I understand it. Champions of the Flyway competition in southern Israel. You were part of that, right? We were, yes. <laughs> we love to com- go birding, but we also like to compete <laughs> in birding. Uh, we usually do the Great Texas Birding Classic, so we decided to up the ante a little bit and do a bigger competition and so this year we did the champions of the flyway as you mentioned um that's a fundraiser with uh bird life israel that does a 24-hour birdathon, and uh folks go out in israel and try to see the most birds they can but they also try to fundraise in advance of the competition for various projects and this year the um the target species that we are fundraising for is european turtle dove mm-hmm. by the way just to flip back to the flock to marion thing for a second i think you have a whole episode on your podcast about that am i right 
We do. I think we have a couple episodes. We interviewed one of the researchers, and Mm -hmm. we talked about the crews on a different one. All right. And uh, Champions of the Flyway competition, again, more details uh, on that on on your website. So, uh, Hannah and Eric, folks are listening right now. They're wondering how you finance all these trips. And I wouldn't normally ask you that question, (laughs) but uh, I think there might be a good reason for it. You have a pretty good way of doing it, and it kind of has a bird connection as well, right? Yeah, so we we live here in, uh, for the moment, sunny uh, Cannon Beach, <laughs> Oregon. Um, Hannah's family owns a hotel that we manage for them. Um, so we're we're here right in uh, the best place to see tufted puffins, the best place to see, uh, I think, best place to see common murs, um, hmm. uh, black oyster catchers, and all sorts of really good seabirds sea that come to Haystack Rock here in Cannon Beach. Um, so we, we run a hotel that's adjacent to um, Haystack Rock, and whenever we get a chance, we um, let her parents take over the, the reins for the hotel and let us uh, go gallivant around the world. Wow, pretty pretty cool. Haystack Rock, featured in the Moonies, the Goonie, uh, the movies, the Goonies and Kindergarten Cop. I haven't seen yes. either of those, I have to say, but um, I might catch up to those. Haystack Rock, what an amazing place. Uh, it sounds like part of the Oregon Islands National Wildlife Refuge right? in a kind of mm-hmm. protected marine environment there. Pretty amazing stuff. Hannah Bushert and Eric Ostrander, intrepid birders and podcasters from Cannon Beach, Oregon. I want to ask you quickly about your podcast, and I'll give that website here. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we've been doing our podcast for about four years, and we wanted to share the adventure of birding with others. There's so many little secrets about birding that um, unless you're in the know, you don't know. And we found that out, and so we decided, hey, let's start a podcast so we can share that knowledge with others. All right, I see your slogan to our a slogan. We love birds, and we want you to love birds, too. That kind of sums it up there, I think. Hannah and Eric, and it's the Hannah and Eric Go Birding podcast. Check it out to keep up to date with their adventures and some they've already had. And that's at gobirdingpodcast.com. That's gobirdingpodcast.com. Hannah and Eric, thanks for being with us and um, keep in touch. Thank you, Thank you. Coming up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit VortexOptics.com. That is the uh, semi-musical sound of our mystery bird this morning. And our mystery bird contest is now officially underway. That means we invite you to call us right now, if you can, as soon as you possibly can. So we'll have time for our contest. The number is 781 837 
4900. I'll give that number again in a moment. Just a reminder here, if you're not hearing our show live and would like to, so you can be in our mystery bird contest, for example, just go to TalkingBirds.com and you'll see how to do it. Very easy to do. Our live broadcast, by the way, is on Sunday mornings, 930 to 10 Eastern. Our mystery bird is a medium to large water bird with a black back and cap, white underparts, very short red legs, and long pointed wings. Our bird breeds along the U.S. Atlantic and Gulf coasts, from southern New England to Florida and Texas, and it winters from California and the mid-Atlantic states to Central and South America. Here's the big clue. It has a long, very specialized red and black bill that allows it to scoop up fish as it flies along just above the water's surface. 781-837-4900 is the number, and the prizes include a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and a month's supply of Mary's Gone Crackers, Super Seed Crackers. That's four boxes of wonderful crackers uh, that are built and made in a beautiful, environmentally friendly plant. It's a wonderful company, and we're happy to have Mary's Gone Crackers with us. If we have time for our Mystery Bird bonus question, we'll attempt to give away a $20 gift certificate for Wisdom Supply, makers of plastic-free books, notepads, journals, and other things for classroom and office. The main thing is to give us a call. Tell us what you think that bird is or take your guess. No correct answer will uh, result in a drawing, so we'll have a winner in any case. 781-837-4900. That's the number. Meanwhile, let's ask Mike, almost live from the archive, in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautyobooks.com my name is Alan Rand. I'm calling from Cleveland, Ohio. What I like about being a Talking Birds ambassador is the ability to go and share the show with others and to share what I've learned and hopefully get them turned on to the show as well. It's also a great format for being able to meet new people. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. It's easy to do. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Join today and thanks. Mike O'Connor down there at the Bird Watchers General Store, Cape Cod, where I think it's already summer. Let's check in uh, with, with Mike and see if he's uh, actually down there or out at the uh, beach already. Good morning, Mike. Oh, it's always summer on Cape Cod, Ray. You want to talk about dogs? Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about dogs. And, you know, um, for years we've always complained about cats. Bird lovers don't really, uh, you know, a fan of free-roaming cats. But free-roaming dogs, it can be also a, a, a problem for the last couple of I don't know, dog population's grown and people like their dogs, but for some reason, it's kind of like speed limit signs, leash laws get ignored, and more and more places I go for for birding, dogs are running free, and, you know, and I think that, you know, especially in sensitive habitats, the, the birds are suffering. That was in your home state the other day on a wildlife refuge. 
looking for shorebirds, and every time shorebirds landed, dogs came running and chased them up and down the beach, and the birds landed again. And these birds were exhausted from migrating, and every time they'd land, more dogs would chase them, and it's clearly marked, no pets. But even areas where they allow pets, they have strict leash laws. Pets must be restricted or on leashes. And for some reason, again, people think their dog's special, and maybe it is to them, but that they're running loose. I went to look for woodcocks the other night in, in a new conservation area, and it seems like every time they put up a new, they open up a new conservation area, the first people to show up are, are dog lovers, and they let their dogs run loose. And there were no woodcocks to be found because even in the dark, these dogs are running loose, and the birds can't have their, uh, you know, their mating calls, their mating rituals, and. Yeah, even in certain sensitive areas, you know, birds are declining, you know, uh, nesting horn larks and towhees and whippoorwills and wood thrushes. And as people stroll through the woods, they, for some reason, they ignore the, um, the leash laws or, you know, restraining. And the dogs are running up and down and cutting through the woods. And, you know, the dogs aren't necessarily trying to harm the birds, but they're disturbing their nesting areas. And I'm just kind of asking people who like their pets and or also birders kind of keep both together and, you know, keep the dogs restrained or on the leash. And, you know, if you want to run your dog, take it to a ballpark. You know, take it to a soccer field, an area that's already been compromised, and let it run around there. But if you're going to take it on a nature walk, kind of keep it under control a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Mike, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. That's our mystery bird. We're at the contest here at 781-837-4900. See if we can identify that bird and dispense some beautiful prizes in the process. And uh, we have Larry, who's in very nearby situate, Massachusetts. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Good morning. What's happening, Larry? What do you think about our mystery bird there? Or what do you think it is? It's a ballong shearwater. A, a what kind of shearwater? A ballong. Ball, a ballong shearwater. Holy cow. I have never seen one of those. I think I read about one being spotted just recently somewhere, but I can't remember at all where that was. But okay. in any case, it, it kind of doesn't matter for the moment because that's not our mystery bird. But thank you, Larry. Okay. All right. Thank we'll you. go to uh, Jonathan, who's there in Tampa, Florida, on the beautiful Florida West Coast. Good morning, Jonathan. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Uh, doing well. How about you? Oh, great. I was actually uh, nestled up on the beach uh, a couple of days ago next to a group of these guys. No kidding. Wow. Uh, you had to say that about being on the beach, didn't you? I mean, we're not quite, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. But um, let's see. <laughs> I have seen... I'm trying to remember now. I've seen this particular bird in uh, are on the west coast of Florida, I think a little south of of Tampa, or a good bit south there in uh, the Marco Island area. You probably know that area, oh, yeah. not far from you. And I have a feeling you are pretty sure what this bird is. Why don't you just uh, t- tell us? Yeah, so Black Skimmer. Black Skimmer would be exactly right, yes. Nice job. Black Skimmer is our mystery bird. has that famous dill and as I understand it, the, well, it's the only bird, I think, the only bird on the planet, at least in North America, 
in which the lower mandible is actually longer than the upper mandible. So it can drag that lower bill through the water as it flies along, catching small fish, and can even do that in the dark, I guess, because of the amazing sensitivity of the bill. I think we have time for a quick bonus question. Want to try it? Absolutely. All right. Scientists estimate that there are 14% more of these than previously reported. What are these? Is it A, birds, B, trees, C, fish, or D, customer complaints at Mike O'Connor's Birdwatcher's General Store? Would be, uh, couldn't possibly be that. They don't sure get any complaints there, except they don't <laughs> see as many birds as they want. What do you think uh, uh, on that, Jonathan? I guess trees. Trees seems like a pretty good guess, and guess what? That is right. So this this team used artificial intelligence in a supercomputer to calculate the likelihood of tree species not yet identified. So it was a more expensive, uh, extensive data set and statistical methods than they've ever been able to do before. And uh, it yielded a conservative estimate of 73,274 tree species. Wow. Well, that's kind of amazing. Jonathan, thank you so much. Stay on the line. We'll get your info there. Thank you. All right. We are out of time for this morning's show. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Video Books, an independent family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Videobooks.com.